We are, it says, Jesus says, you know, you're going to be my disciples first in Jerusalem. But we have a map here that this is our Jerusalem. Can you see it? Fargo and Moorhead, West Fargo, Enderlin. Um, wherever you are, wherever you are right now, whether you're listening online or uh, if you are here in the sanctuary, wherever you are is your Jerusalem. This is where we begin to be the witnesses of Jesus Christ. And, and that's, this is the verse that we first followed in our first, um, in our first lesson for this. And it's actually the verse, you know, our power-up shirts. It said, and we do have more if you need one. We have plenty. It says power up, and right underneath it said Acts 1.8. And it is, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Fargo, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is the verse that is acted out in all of the books of Acts. And it's all dependent upon three things that are going to be covered in our story today. But before I talk about those three things that are in Acts 8, I want to catch up a little bit on the story of where we're at. Okay, because the church was born uh, uh, on Pentecost Day, and um, it was growing steadily, and it had grown so fast. Last week, we learned that the 12 apostles, they couldn't do it all. So they appointed seven men to be um, administrators of the church, especially to help feed people. There were widows who had come in, who, who are now in the church, who had no one, they had left their faith, they had no one to take care of them, and so they were in charge of feeding people, taking care of people who were new in the church. And the one who led them was Stephen. And it tells us that he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was wise, he was filled with the love of God. And there were people who became very jealous of him. Not people within the church, but people within the temple. The leaders of the, of the Jewish faith the leaders, the Sanhedrin. There were people who, who uh, bore false witness against him, made up stories about him. So they arrested him and brought him to go before this council, the Sanhedrin, the council of the temple. And while they were questioning him, he told them the whole story of the people of Israel from the beginning, from Abraham and on down. And the promise of a Messiah and how Jesus was the Messiah and how they had put him to death. Well, when they heard this, they became very angry. They took him outside the city walls and he was stoned to death. Stephen was the first Christian martyr. The first. And as he died, he said words similar to Jesus. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. He was an amazing man. But we know that there was one particular man who watched the death of Stephen, who approved of it, who will become very prominent in Acts, but we're going to talk about him in a couple of weeks. And at this time, his name is Saul. And now after the stoning of Stephen, we read these words. Let's go here. Let's see. And there arose on that day a great persecution. This was after that against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. And those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ.
This leads us to our story today. It's about Philip, the evangelist. Um, he was one of the seven. But because of the stoning of Stephen, none of them could do that administrative part. They had to leave Jerusalem. And so they became evangelists. And he went down to Samaria, which is actually probably going down in elevation because Samaria is north of Jordan. And, and I want to tell you that Samaria is a place where a lot of people wouldn't go because the Samaritans were not the friends. They were, they were relatives, but they weren't the friends of the people in Jerusalem. And so now I want to, before I keep going with this story, I want to mention the three things um, that show up over and over again in Acts, the three that are included in the book of Acts for growing the church, for sharing the gospel. Three things necessary for us today to do the same. And there they are. Three ingredients in the story. First is the leading of the Holy Spirit. Watch how the Holy Spirit works in all of Acts. Watch how the Holy Spirit works today. And watch for yourself, for the prompting from the Holy Spirit to be doing something in the name of the Lord. Next is the Word of God. The Word of God is important if we're going to be sharing Jesus. The Word of God tells us who God is. It says what God has done for us in Jesus Christ how he is alive and active in our lives. In fact, Hebrews tells us that the word of God is living and active in our lives. And finally, we need a human evangelist. Uh, the role of an evangelist is to spread the gospel message of salvation to other people with the goal of leading them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, allowing the spirit of God to take hold and lead people to faith. And then I added a fourth thing that I think is necessary. You need someone who needs Jesus, right? You need someone for the evangelist to talk to, to share the great news of Jesus. And you know what? We all need Jesus. So Philip is preaching and teaching and healing in Samaria. And it says because of his message, because of what he was doing, he was, um, he was healing the lame, the blind, he was casting out demons. He was telling about Jesus. It says, because of him, there was great joy in Samaria. But God had another job for Philip. And it says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go. Go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Those are words we've heard lately, right? This is a desert place. Now, Samaria was just north of Jerusalem, so he was about 20 to 30 miles south. God's saying, get on your feet. The Spirit said, get on your feet, go past Jerusalem, and now go north to this road that goes south, I mean, to this road that goes to Gaza. And so obediently, he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. This was the man that the Spirit meant for Philip to meet, an Ethiopian, an African man who had traveled quite a distance to worship in Jerusalem. And he was returning home, but he wasn't just any Ethiopian. He was an official in the court of the queen of Ethiopia, Candace. 
Not only that, he was a eunuch. And a eunuch, to put it um, gently, is a neutered male. Why? Because they could be trusted within the palace, not to be worrying about the queen, but to worrying about the treasury. Or if there was a king who had a harem, he wouldn't be worrying about the harem. He'd be worried about taking, about taking care of them, guarding them. There are various reasons um, that they were used for, uh, for the royalty in this, because they were trusted. And, and so we hear now, Philip is on the road. He sees this man reading the scriptures. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? Philip had heard from an angel. Now he hears from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes hold of the situation. You have been sent on this road for a reason, Philip. Go. Now, does Philip just saunter over to this guy and say, hey, what's happening? No. What did he do? He ran. He ran. It's a great example for us when the Spirit is prompting us to go to someone. Don't wait. They need you. Don't just stand around. Run in obedience to the Spirit of God. Who knows who you're going to meet when you do that? So he says, do you understand what you are reading? Philip stepped right in. And the man says, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him in his chariot. We often tell people to read their Bibles. It's a good thing to read the scriptures, to know the scriptures if you're a Christian. It's a good thing to read them if you're not. You'll find out. But all of us, all of us, need someone to help explain what we're reading. At our Tuesday staff meetings, we always uh, study the scriptures that we're going to have for the next Sunday in, in uh, preaching. And so last Tuesday we read this scripture. And we all ask for each other's ideas and opinions about what they've read, and sometimes it could get kind of crazy. Um, this last week, we discussed what Philip was it, and if we'd have read a little farther, we'd have found out it was Philip the deacon, not Philip the apostle. Um, we talked about eunuchs, why and how. Well, we don't want to talk about that. We talked about baptism. We talked about the work of the Holy Spirit. We talked about faith. We even talked about at the end of the scripture that we're going to come to, if Philip was kind of teleported to uh, the next place or if the Spirit just really moved him along quickly. You'll hear it when I read the end. We had a fun time talking about it. But it's good to have others around whom you can talk to and study with when you're in the scriptures to help you understand what you're reading. So this is what Philip does for the eunuch. The eunuch's question to Philip reminds me of what Paul writes in Romans 10. He says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? This is what the eunuch asked. How can I know unless someone guides me? And here is the scripture that he was reading from Isaiah. It's Isaiah 53 in our Bibles. It says, now the passage of the scripture that he read 
was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. This passage from Isaiah is known as the suffering servant passage. For those who know Jesus already and know his story, the giving of his life for all people, it seems pretty obvious to us who the prophet Isaiah is speaking of. But the, but the Ethiopian had never heard of him. And if they had continued, excuse me, so the Ethiopian says to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth and told him the good news about Jesus, beginning with this scripture. As they continued down the road, you know, so they didn't just sit there. They continued riding toward Ethiopia. As they continued down the road and continued to read from the scroll of Isaiah, they would have come upon these words. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. It's Jesus. That's who he was reading about. And so Philip tells him that. He probably says, you, sir, you, sir, are loved by Jesus. And through faith you have salvation in Jesus Christ. God sent his son into the world for all people. He came to make you righteous with his own righteousness. When he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for your sin. He rose from the dead and he promises you the gift of eternal life. Before he ascended into heaven, he continued to teach his followers. He has told us to make disciples of all nations. He said that we should teach and baptize in the name of the one true God who is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And he said that he is always with us through his spirit. He did that before He ascended to the Father. And the eunuch heard the story, the story of salvation through belief in Jesus Christ. He heard about baptism. And this is what it says. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See the water! What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water, and Philip and the eunuch, and Philip baptized him. Just like we baptize Briggs today. Look, water. Look, what can prevent me from being baptized? Nothing. Nothing. You see, this man had most likely been turned away from temple worship because of who he was probably because of his color and especially because he was a eunuch. But here in the kingdom, where Jesus is Lord, no one is held back from worship. No one is held back from receiving the gift of baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. No one is held away from the full love, mercy, and grace of God. No one is held back 
from being filled with the Holy Spirit. We are all welcome in God's kingdom. Then for the Ethiopian eunuch and today, whoever you are, wherever you come from, whatever you may have done or not done, good or bad, Jesus Christ is here today for you. That was the story the man heard on the road that day. It's a story for you today. It's a story of Jesus Christ, of his life, his death, his resurrection for all people. It's a story that you can share, and it's all here today in the story of Acts and how the church grew then. It's a story of how the church can grow today and welcome everyone into the body of Christ. Three things in the story, and we heard them all. The leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here today. If you believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Listen for the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Welcome the Spirit to lead you. The Word of God. Many of you have it in your hands right now. Many of you have a phone in your hands that probably has a Bible app on it. The scripture is always there for you. And it's for you to share with someone else. It's for you to be able to tell the story just like Philip did. And finally, we need an evangelist. Guess what? You have the spirit. You have the word. You are an evangelist. Someone who can share Jesus Christ with someone who needs him. And finally... You need someone to talk to. Well, I got to tell you, our Jerusalems, wherever you are, are full of people who need Jesus, who don't know about him, who don't know about his love for them. So, let's see the rest of the story. And when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. There it was. I don't know how that worked, but one day we'll find out. And the eunuch saw him no more. They didn't meet again. And the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotus. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Philip once again followed the Spirit's leading. They never met again. Philip taught and preached and healed, and the Ethiopian man went home anew, transformed, whole man, rejoicing because he knew salvation in Jesus Christ. I'm going to go through it one more time. You have the Spirit. You have the Word. You are all evangelists. There are many people in our Jerusalem who need to know Jesus. Let's act. Please pray with me. Gracious Lord, today we give you thanks for the gift of your word, for the gift of your spirit, for your calling on us to share with the world the good news of Jesus Christ, who lived, who died, who rose again to transform each of our lives, to be righteous people, forgiven and loved by our blessed God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.